the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chatting to have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I just noticed something eerie about myself. Do you remember Elizabeth Holmes from... Uh, Theranos and her blood company and how she was going to use one little drop of blood to uh, diagnose to see if you have cancer and like one little drop. Like I just gave eight vials the other day. She was blonde. She has a husky voice. She kind of talks like this. Really, really, really feminine looking. I had a crush on her. She was worth a couple billion dollars plus. I was like, I wonder what it was if I liked that she was blonde or worth a lot of money. She fell from grace. She got disgraced. The the technology doesn't work. In fact, it was a scam ripping people off. She's not so so good looking to me anymore. It kind of reminds me of, I just opened uh, a webpage and I saw Taylor Swift's got a new song out. I'm like, she's blonde. She's kind of feminine looking, kind of small. And, uh... Let's just say, and again, I'm probably getting myself into a little bit of trouble here. She's worth $320 million. Now, do I find her attractive and good-looking because of that? Or do I look at her talent and go, she's, she can sing. She's been doing it since age 12. Her parents used to live in Pennsylvania, and they moved her down to uh, Nashville so she can like uh, sacrifice their dreams for her dreams. I'm not quite sure. I can tell you I'm starting to learn I'm incredibly, incredibly shallow. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now... I can admit that. And I think it's important for you too as well. Um, but all I could say to you, if you're going to be mad at me for being shallow, I'm going to say, because the play is going to play, 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 play. And the hate is going to hate, 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 hate. Baby, I'm just going to shake, 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 shake. Shake it off. I know you're saying, okay, let's just see what's on 97.3 and turn the dial. Totally fair. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Do I find... Taylor Swift attractive because she's got $320 million and she's 28 now? Or am I jealous? Am I enviously wanting that in my life? 
when this video came out, you learned that she invited like 60 of her, her biggest fans to be in the video. You're like, that's so amazing. Oh, I think what she is is well managed. I think her image is really, really well managed. And that, that throws out the next question to you. Should you manage your image? I think the answer is yeah. If you got boys or girls, be careful what they get into and be careful what they throw out on the internet. Because she is very, very careful about her image. And she's worth $320 million for singing this crap song. Just just throwing it out there. The music's not very good. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoneSource.com. Good morning. You've known me a long time. Have I ever had another thing for blondes? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, it's now, have I had a thing for blondes who are worth $300 million to $2 billion? Do you see? You've leaned that direction. I've leaned that direction. Oh, how you doing? I'm doing well. I did a segment not too long ago about uh, California and its economy and how big it is to the overall U.S. and the world and things like that and how it has some pluses and it has some minuses. The film industry adds $49 billion to California's economy. Avengers comes out. It's going to make more. 90% of workers in Silicon Valley are, though, making less than their equivalents from 20 years ago. Positive. Negative. Um, Prop 13 helps people who have been in the house for 30, 40 years and can give it to their kids. I know a guy who said, my grandmother is really old, and there's like 10 grandchildren. You know what he does? He rubs shea butter into her old, wrinkly skin because he wants to be first in line for that that house. (laughs) I no. Players gonna play, 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 play. <laughs> He's doing his own Taylor Swift thing. Hey, Grant, it's good to see you. Hey, Grant, you want me to pick your uh, chin hairs off? Prop 13. Prop 13. So, um, California's professional sports teams have a combined $33.5 billion. You and I stop thinking, start to think about that. Stop and think about that. Um, we grew up on the East Coast. I grew up overseas a lot. You did, too. Um, Tel Aviv, you lived in Israel for a while. Tel Aviv is pretty interesting right now because they've got a lot of old, wealthy people, super wealthy people, and then they've got a lot of tech industry who are super wealthy as well as in Israel, and that creates problems for the, the middle, so to, so to speak. So anyway. Yeah, I lived there before the Internet. So. One of the things, you know, uh, what I was going to try to say is when we were kids on the East Coast, I don't know if you were, I'd watch the USC-UCLA games. I'd be like, those cheerleaders are amazing. And look at the fans in red and look at the fans in light blue. And it was, you were California dreaming, right? Is the dream over? Cause I'm seeing more and more people who are like me, high earners leave the state. Um, I don't think so. I think if, if you spend a couple minutes out of the state, you'll figure out that you want to be back. Most of the people I knew on the East coast that were from California wanted to come back. Um, but a lot of Californians are populating places like, you know, a lot of Western cities, you know, you can go down to Vegas, even Reno, Vegas, and lots the Sharks. of places in Texas. Vegas and the Sharks now are uh, going head to head. And I was telling a friend, um, I think Vegas is going to dominate the series in the future because they don't pay income taxes. So you can play a player there. You can pay a player because a player going to play, 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 play. You can pay him $10 million and he comes home with $10 million. Yeah, yeah. In California, you come home with like $4. So they can make them recruit a little bit more talent or spend more money on more talent. Right. So to speak. And it's a good, it's going to be a good rivalry. It's setting up for one, certainly, last couple of years. Are you ready for a California trivia question? Go ahead. Don't, little, don't embarrass me, though. Little Jeopardy music, please. Little Jeopardy music. In California, what is the biggest risk to California property owners? Is it fires? 
Uh, no, no, get off the internet. Get off the internet. Is it fires? Is it, uh, is it earthquakes? Or is it rising sea levels? What's the biggest risk to California's real estate market? Rising sea levels. Oh, I'm so f- sorry. You have to answer in the form of a question. <laughs> Let's go to the judges on that one. <laughs> but you were correct in your thought. By 2100, up to 600,000 Californians and $150 billion of property will be at the risk of coastal flooding. The losses would be 6% of California's 2019 GDP. To offset the potential effects of rising sea levels, costs could exceed $1 trillion. Kind of interesting, right? Yeah, I, I think several years ago I put a um, one of those interactive maps, and you could you could yeah. go okay, raise it one foot, and then two feet, three feet, and you watch just areas just get inundated, and it's it's interesting. Go go look at it if you live near the coast. Um, you can certainly see what part of the your neighborhood would go under. Where I live, half the city where I live would go underwater. But we talked about feet. we talked about that a couple of years ago, and you had one of the most genius plans I've ever heard. I can't remember my genius moment. The beautiful Bay Area. We've got Silicon Valley. We've got, you know, mountains. And oh, fill in sky. the bay. Fill in the bay with cement. I love the idea the more I think about it. Or what we could do is kill old people, get rid of the Prop 13, and fill in the bay with old people. <laughs> the money, And we could do it with the money we save with the Prop 13. <laughs> there you go. It's interesting, though. Uh, we don't think about, like, 10, 20, 100 years from now what our real estate will be worth or not um, and cashing out now and or not. Um, it's pretty interesting. It's, it's Who would have thought floods? Because on the East Coast, you think California is awesome. You don't think floods. You think earthquakes and cheerleaders and Lakers and Hollywood and tech geniuses. Well, it's not gonna, It's not an overnight event, so... Or even a weekly or yearly event. It's something that I think people can go, well, Amsterdam did it. They can just build a wall. Um, half the, you know, the homes they're building now are floating on the water. Um, I think people are going to embrace technology and the, you know. I like, I like filling the bay with cement. <laughs> or dead people, old people. And think of how um, much, uh, that would lower real estate values because there'd be more land. Well, in the hills, it'll go up. Stony Mendez with Bay Area Lens We carried on anyway, so sure I could just close my eyes. Yeah, sure, trace and memorize, but can you go back once you know? We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. This is the kind way of saying you don't know me. You know my favorite way of saying you don't know me? When it's like 3 o'clock in the morning, you've been drinking all day and all night, and someone says something to you and pisses you off, you go, you don't even know me. It wouldn't work in the song. You don't even know me. Anyway, um, I'm totally digressing, am I not? Oh, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Uh, Trump's massive... Tax cuts of 2018, I think we can call it that, uh, had a play in a negative play with taxes on mortgage interest deduction. And it really went after what kind of Democratic states, Connecticut, New York and um, California. How did it play out? Is that about right? Because my taxes went up grande, mucho grande. You know what that means, right? Yeah, very much no. so. Just making sure. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, you know, so th- this report that came out yeah. basically said that there was a substantial or a measurable um, effect of what his changes were with the deductions, the 10,000 limits on taxes and the reduction in the interest deduction. And um, in our world, we see this firsthand. We see people going, you know, what are my taxes? We don't get this that often. We get people going, oh, I was going to be able to write off a whole bunch of taxes. Now it's all about what is my end result? Um, so a lot of people are talking to their CPAs and figuring out what their end result is going to be at the end of the year with their tax deductions. And, uh, and it's had an effect. People have shied away from the more expensive homes. They're looking farther out. And, in a, and some people have just said, we're flat out going to sell. We don't get the same deductions. We have a client that, that he'd lost some deductions on his primary residence. So what he did is he refinanced the rental that he has free and clear paid off his mortgage on his primary residence, right? And sure. then and then went because he gets better standard deductions now, so he's not going to itemize. And he went off and paid refinanced his rental property, paid off his mortgage, and now he gets the mortgage deduction the interest deduction on his rental property and he reduces the income taxes that he pays on the cash flow. So he he was creative like that. So I think people have adapted. One thing that um, I'm hearing more of and you know you and I work in the financial media world and work in the financial world as well. Um, you're seeing some real-time effects. People in Connecticut are fleeing the state because, A, they had high income taxes, and the only reason they stayed was for the tax deduction side towards mortgages on their mansions. So we're seeing the fall of, of mansion prices um, as people are leaving the state, and there's more mansions available. Inventory's yeah. higher. Inventory's higher on high-end and, and low on the affordable range. Yeah. That's, that's what we're going to see for 2019 and beyond. And I think that's... Um, it's one of those unintended consequences. In this case, it was an intended consequence of a tax cut that was going to be funded, uh, had to give and take a little bit, and it kind of hurt the wealthy people in these states, and not necessarily wealthy, because my tax bill went up, and I don't consider myself wealthy. My lifestyle's not, for sure. Um, I mean, a lot of people choose sta- uh, standard deductions yeah. this past you know, tax year. But um, the mega mansions are suffering. So if you think your real estate is worth something... It is, but down the road, tax laws and things can change it. So yeah, we we saw some real effects this time. You repeal Prop 13 in California, and what do you think real estate prices for fall? High end, lower, low end, higher. Um, let's say higher. No, I I just told you. Oh, 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 okay. I, I thought you were asking a question. High end, um, lower. Let's let's. Uh, lower. We're not live right now. We could just cut and, and do. It. Okay, let's ask <laughs> one more time. Okay, in three. Okay, if you repeal Prop 13, what's going to happen to real estate prices in California? High-end homes will decrease. Low-end homes will increase. Okay. Well in my said. opinion. <laughs> well I said. said it. I just give you the short version. Yeah. yeah. So um, so it's kind of a moving thing. Speaking of moving parts, a lot of moving parts in real estate. I own real estate. I like real estate. Um, I'm not against real estate. I also own stocks. I prefer stocks over bonds. I prefer bonds over real estate. I prefer REITs over private real, uh, public real. I prefer public REITs for the average people. I prefer real real estate for wealthy people. Uh, I've seen way too many people who aren't wealthy get into too much real estate, too many mortgages where they owe the money. That's why I like REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust, because you can actually get an apartment complex and be one one millionth of an owner, which is what most people should be, instead of owning a whole apartment complex. Yeah, kind of like a mutual fund. Yeah, you've got a friend who uh, he owns a lot of real estate, and he's self-proclaimed um, really good at it, but he's had a bad year. 
He's had tenants leave. He's had fires burn down places. Uh, and then another one. And he's not the one causing the fires, which is, you know, the damning point of the story. Yeah, if you, you, you definitely expose yourself to more risk as you build that portfolio. Um, there is a, a tolerance level that you have to and a risk level that you have to assume and adopt. You have to have that uh, some sort of philosophy going into it, and you know I think for the most part he he does a he has a kind of a good mindset about it. Yeah, yeah. things happen. Um, you have the right insurance, you have the right management companies with the properties. If you're not doing it on your on your own, you sell when you when you can, and you buy when you can. You have options. You and and the more you build that portfolio, the more options that you have. You just can't just have that same philosophy going in. I don't want to build a real estate portfolio um, by starting with the first house and the second house. And as it gets bigger, you have to kind of adapt to it. You know what? One of the biggest uh, frauds of all time, in my opinion, was Donald Trump. Who's the greatest real estate investor of all time? Ten years ago, most people would say Donald, Donald Trump. Trump. And he never really bought real estate. And he just branded it. He branded it. He threw his name on a building and someone else built it. So don't go out and try to be like him because you don't have a brand. You know, Mendez. I want to live in the new Mendez apartment building in uh, New York City. It ain't going to fly. No, it's not going to fly. So, I mean, he did it with, like, gaudy gold, uh, oh. which is faux rich, in my opinion. You remember the first time you saw the Trump building in Atlantic City? It was a ghetto. It was a yeah, it was, it was, yeah, and it, it was gold and gaudy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, changing topics ever so slightly, um, interest rates have kind of, the story changed from the end of 2018 to the start of 2019. And now we're looking at 2020 as maybe a cut in interest rates instead of a March higher in interest rates. What are your thoughts happening of, with real estate if that's the case? Real estate prices. Well, I think that, well, you, depending on which, who you want to believe. Okay. Um, I, I still think that inventory and demand is going to command what, no matter what happens with interest rates. And if like the place, like the Bay Area, where they're not building a lot, I think affordable priced homes will ha- still have the leverage um, as opposed to the higher end homes where we're seeing more inventory. I think a lot of people, like California, if you single it out, I think we're going to see a lot of people cashing in over the next couple of years. I think they're going to, I think those people will say, okay, interest rates are going to kind of level off and it'll give us a chance to buy some more time to find out what we're going to do in retirement. Lots of baby boomers are going, getting into retirement. And we see thousands of, of them every day hitting retirement, and they had to figure out what to do. I think that's going to spread out across the nation. People are going to look for the amenities. That's why we're seeing some of these second-tier cities um, do very well. That's another part of the, the phase that's going to happen. Um, low interest rates do help pe- give people options and affordability options. And as long as we have that and the Fed keeps inflation in check, I think we'll be fine. And I think we'll see small growth, but not massive growth. We'll keep talking real estate, interest rates, investing, options, ideas, and much, much more. Swanky homes, cheap homes, which is it for you? Which turns your buttons on? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me at Rob Black Show. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. He does all of my mortgages, and we talk real estate pretty much so nonstop. Comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
sometimes things change. And sometimes they really upset you. I grew up a fan of the Green Bay Packers. I was overseas and I'd write letters to the quarterback. Lynn Dickey. And you're saying Don Mikowski, Dave Whitehurst. Uh, yeah, I'd write letters and I'd ask for stickers. And uh, he'd ask mom for a stamp and then, you know, mail it. And sure enough, the Packers PR people would send me stuff. And like, I can't even imagine asking a kid. I asked a kid the other day. He's like, he goes, I, I think we should tell Fortnite too. And he had some sort of Fortnite business model. I'm like, write him a letter. And he's like, could you write it for me? I'm like, oh no. I'm raising basically what? Uh, what are those little delicious things called? Those cows that live in crates and dark boxes. Veal? Yummy delicious. I'm raising a human veal. Daddy, can you write a letter for me? No. Soon, I was watching the Olympics a couple of years ago, and uh, there was the topic of esports coming to Paris 2024 Olympics. And I'm like, oh, man, I messed up. I should have had a, like, nine-fingered kid. Like, I should have hang out at Three Mile Island. You know, Michael Phelps, he, he's not the greatest swimmer of all time. He had a mom who threw him in the water 12,000 hours during his childhood and became Flipper. Good chance for the producer to play the Flipper sound effect, wouldn't you say? So Michael Phelps' mom threw him in the water for 12,000 plus hours and he developed, you know, uh, Flipper-like body movements. Um, eSports coming to the Olympics in 2024, so I wish I had, you know, a kid with nine fingers on each hand <laughs> so he could dominate the eSports. Things change. Oh, it's so timely now. Um, but things change. The thing I kind of wanted to bring up on this one is I grew up thinking, let's see, how do I say this? Do you remember where, the home where my parents lived? Yes. It was on Powell Road in Virginia, and um, I think it was bought for maybe 180000 in the 80s, and then they sold it when my da- after my dad died and my mom was going to the home for 450000 $500,000, something like that, after $50,000 of upgrades. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. But that was my dream then. Um, my kids and your kid, they may not have the same dream of living in that my mom and dad's house. I didn't want to live in my mom and dad's house. I wanted it the same size. I want the same kitchen. Like I, I kind of got set in my ways. Like this is what a house should be, right? Um, what do you think about real estate changing and us not seeing it coming? Because there's a guy at the radio station who does sound for us. Um, he's got a daughter who's in her early twenties. I, I, I ask him all the time, like, what's, what's she doing? What's she doing? I'm not trying to like hit on her. She has four roommates, of which two of the roommates have boyfriends. So technically, she's got six roommates in a three bedroom place. And people are willing to sleep on couches. And I'm like, that doesn't jive with my uh, image of a home. Yeah, there's definitely been, uh, you see it here in the Bay Area, certainly. Um, you know, we're all scrambling to figure out how and where and how to afford housing. Um, and, and we're seeing a limited amount of supply of new homes, affordable new homes, especially being built. And we have regulations about spreading out into the hills. And so we're pretty limited on what we what we can do. With that said, California is a little bit different than the rest of the United States. On average, the size of new homes are getting bigger. Really? Yes. So on a yearly basis, square footage is going up like 20 square feet every where they, year. Where are they building these homes? I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying is that you, you get kind of accustomed to what the Bay Area offers. And I think people do adapt to what is offering. So if you want to live in the Bay Area and experience the Bay Area life, the Bay Area incomes and the Bay Area traffic, um, you're going to experience the Bay Area housing prices. Um, you go to a place like you know, Sacramento. They can build anywhere, practically, and and they are. 
Uh, or you can go eat. Which is interesting because oh. I was talking to someone about Granite Bay, which is close to Sacramento or in that Bay area. Sure. And uh, that's where a lot of the Sacramento Kings live. And uh, I'm like, why? Like, I, what are kings? <laughs> like, yeah, king and queens? I'm not a big fan <laughs> of, of professional sports. I like hockey, but everything else I'm kind of lost because I'm going back to that esports thing. I think that's the future. Um, and big homes near Sacramento because you're right. There's a lot of land there. There's a lot of swamp. Right. So um, the way I, we are adapting hmm. um, from the mortgage industry, we look at it as there's a lot of products for anybody out there. Low, lower down payment products, um, lower interest rates really help the affordability. So it, it is, you know, you look at a developer going, you know, I can build this place. I, instead of building a single family, I can build this condo thing with, you know, commercial units downstairs I can lease out, maximize how much money I'm going to make per square foot of land that I buy. People and are- people are going to buy that. And there's mm-hmm. products there to buy it. Oh, by the way, there's a product for me to build this. So the lending industry is is adapted to it as well. And giving everybody the options to figure out what they want to do. But if you want that mom and dad house with the yard and, and the same size house you grew up in, you're going to have to move out to a different area or you're going to pay the, pay the buck. Or buy. maybe move to Flagstaff. I think, you, I think you're wrong in the respect that you need someone. Be careful. Be careful. <laughs> never insult the quiz master. <laughs> that um, your house, you need somebody to make the amount of money that you do to afford it or more. Right? Hold on, wait, wait. You think I'm wrong about that? Because single-family houses are not being built. I think single-family houses will will be resilient to any changes more than the smaller homes. And we had a person looking at a condo, and he's like, what do you think this condo will be worth in 10 years? You know, in 10 years, I have no idea. But I know that if it changes, it's going to change a lot downward. It's going to change a lot more than a single-family house. So it's kind of interesting about you just brought up something about condos. And I'm going back to, you know, East Coast, West Coast. When I was on the East Coast 20-plus years ago, we looked at condos as white trash investments. Right. You couldn't afford a home, and you have this homeowner fees that never go away, and then you get a neighbor who, who like likes to leave his shoes on the front step, and like someone's suing him all of a sudden. Like condos weren't great investments. Well, but, but you look back at it, and, and as a first-time home buyer who moved from either their parents' house or they moved from an, an apartment, it was the the easiest way to get into real estate without the maintenance and the headaches that you really didn't expect. It's like, oh, I'm going to own real estate, but I don't have to do anything; just pay that pay the HOA. Yeah. Um, so it was a great way to step up. And not only that. The, I don't think we really got into real estate that way. Well, we didn't think of real estate that way. Okay. Some, a lot the people who were in real estate thought that way. Huh. Cause I, the appreciation but, wasn't great. But we were also in an area where, where you could just go down the, you know, a mile down the road and there's a whole new single family development being done. Right. Single family homes as opposed to condos. And we were like, okay, what are we going to do? Is this really a good starter home? Sure. Why not? Yeah. But it's, they were, there were options here. There's not as, as many options. Right, but sure. but we're so we're adapting to that I, again. It's all specific to where you are. It's also, what's interesting about specific to where you are. This is pretty interesting that you say that because, like, um, my home in the Bay Area, roughly worth two million dollars. That's what they say I could sell it for. My home in North Carolina, Raleigh, that I have renters in, um, about the same size, about the same size, um, square footage. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's probably fair to say. It's got HOA. It's got golf, golf course. course. Yeah, pools and stuff like that. Some amenities are nice. Uh, for renters, uh, it, it wasn't appreciating for 10 years. Every year, I was rocking and rolling in the Bay Area. I was like, woohoo, I just made more money on real estate than I made on my paycheck. And back in the East, my Raleigh never went anywhere. And in the last three years, everything is stalled in California in the high end. You, know, you could sell your house here, and 10% of that profit could go and buy that house free and clear. Well, well and, what, is, what is more so saying in the last three years, 
that Raleigh property is starting to go, it's probably up 20% in three years, whereas my Bay Area property is up maybe 2%. Then again, we can get into the math where the 2% is probably equal to 20% based on the costs. But it is starting to shift, right? Uh, buyers are looking for more affordable, not more affordable, lower ticket prices. I, I think you, people will see, and if they haven't already noticed, that if they own real estate in some of these, I, I, I'm just using this term just because it's easier, second-tier cities, yeah. places like a Raleigh or even a Sacramento, Reno's, and you can go around the whole United States and find Austin, San Antonio, and so on, you're going to start seeing these property values go up. Okay. I've seen mine go up. I have a house in Richmond, Virginia. That house finally went, you, you saw 10 years of nothing. I saw 12 years of nothing. And it finally went up like $30,000. It was like a little blip. And that's because more and more people are buying and uh, in these cities. And, and you can go look at any map or any stats on where millennials are moving. And, and these are the cities where you're going to see the most amount of growth. So it's not going to happen as much here, but you will see it. And then you're gonna then you're gonna have those little micro economies start you know figure out where where the rich people are gonna live where the more affordable houses are gonna be and then it'll develop and then you'll see the inner city thrive which a lot of these cities already have that because they're already attracting these people so those are the cities I would concentrate on if I was an investor. You mentioned something pretty interesting. You said twelve years of nothing. That's the title of my autobiography. <laughs> it's called Twelve Years of of Nothing. Rob Black's Love Life. A true story about Roblox Love Life. <laughs> oh, that didn't go over well. So boomerang buyers are back. Now, what are boomerang buyers? Are they people like the Australians? Are they New Zealanders? Oh, I had a Australian call me the other day. I'll give you that story off the air. But um, for the record, I think most Australians are crazy. His name was Mick, in fact. Okay. Let's talk <laughs> about Australians real quick. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Margot Robbie, Australian, <laughs> crazy. She has a tattoo gun that she travels with and gives co-stars tattoos. That's good for her. And she's got really shaky hands. <laughs> so you're not good you for a tattoo artist. all over your body. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've met more crazy Australians than insane Australians. Please, if you're Australian, do not write a letter to the station. I'm still doing public service work for the, the time I talked about Greeks. <laughs> and old people. <laughs> old people. <laughs> Go ahead. Boomerang buyers are people who have gone through some sort of housing credit Boomer. event okay, and are rejoining the, the buyer pool, um, so to speak. And they've been doing that for years. Uh, and again, the lending industry is adopting better policies to help people who have been in foreclosure bankruptcy. Is it adopting or, or adapting? Ad- uh, ad- adopting these people. Okay, so they're okay. But they have adapted to adopt these people. I got it. Man, you know, California sells about $3 billion weed a year. Another great state, huh? Or a reason to be. I wonder how much we grow versus how much we buy. So. Did you hear that 30? I did. So you can hear the producer. I do now. He switched it. I'm not crazy. You're a little on the crazy side. You could be Australian. (laughs) My name's Mitt. All right, mate. We'll take a break here. We'll come back and talk about the crazy Australian real estate story and much, much more. I'm Rob Black. That's Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
So this is a band that I want to see live, but I refuse to go to Coachella. I refuse to go to any big outside concert event. Go ahead. Supposed to be a big herpes outbreak at Coachella this year. You saw that story too. So there's an app now that um, you can get, and if you have a creepy crud, as Elvis once said, you can take a picture of it and send it to the app makers, and they'll get you a, a prescription for antibiotics. So you know, Elvis once did um, Elvis in Hawaii. It was his last special before he died, and he's big, fat, bloated Elvis. And there's a rumor, National Enquirer story going around that Elvis had herpes, and he goes. I just want to say, I don't got the creep crud. <laughs> I've always loved that story. Oh, where are old we? Elvis or, oh. or young Elvis? Fat old Elvis, bloated Elvis. That's who you like? You oh, like me the- for sure. I don't like young, young Elvis. Was no, I like the young Elvis. Oh, you know I got kicked out of Graceland. I, I might might have been a little drunk and I might have <laughs> asked to see the toilet that he died on. I was sure guide was like, that's not funny. I was surprised going to Graceland that it was in a really kind of cruddy neighborhood. Yeah. Creepy crud neighborhood. Yeah. That's where people live with creepy crud. Now, we were talking a little bit about um, Australians, and you have a funny Australian story for me. And long story short, it sounds like he was trying to scheme a loan from you to put a mortgage in a trust Mm. and a way to pay back money. And one of the things I hate is when something so simple becomes too complicated. And you have, a, like, a, a pitch man. You know, the, the, the guys who are selling, like, the sham wows kind of thing. Why do they always have to have Australian or New Zealand Kiwi accents? I, I, don't, I have no idea. The first kind of weird mortgage scam. I don't want to say scam. It was a technique yeah. uh, or strategy, if you want to say that. Uh, was at one of the big California um, Mortgage Bank Association meetings. And there was a group that was saying that you could get a mortgage um, for one day of the month and then you use your money to pay it back and then you get another mortgage for one day of the month and then you pay your, you pay the mortgage off with your own money and then you get another mortgage for one, uh, one day. So you pay interest for 12 days a year, yeah. but you're using your own money. But the kicker was, oh, by the way, it costs forty fifty thousand dollars to do. Now do so it in, do it in your Australian accent. I don't have an Australian accent. Come on, do it, please. No, I can't. Please, please, please do your Australian accent. I'm not doing it. Those infomercials where the, the one that got me a couple years, not a couple years ago, this is 15 years ago, it'll come back around for sure, was the uh, mortgage accelerator. Now, who doesn't want to pay off their house in 13 years instead of 30 years? Who doesn't want to save $200,000 in interest? So they come up with this fancy thing called the mortgage accelerator, and everyone's drawn to it. No one's drawn to it. You get an Australian pitchman where he's like, mate, I got a deal for you. What did you like pay off your house in five days? And you're like, yeah, of course I would. You have an American do that. And it's like, nah, you're trying to rip me off. But you throw an English accent on it or an Australian accent or Indian doesn't work. Middle Eastern doesn't work. Irish doesn't work. Don't trust. <laughs> you don't say I'm that. I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> but the mortgage accelerator was a thing where you would go out and buy their software and they would help you send in a payment, one extra payment a year, and it accelerates. Which you could do more, by yourself. Which you could do by yourself, and you don't have to pay the three thousand through your bank. Yeah. Through your bank, you can send it. You can write a check if you want. To. I like the um, I like the guys who go out and buy rental properties, and they take cash flow and they pay off their mortgage on their premium on their primary. Okay, now you're confusing me. 
Well, you you go out and you put money into a house. Yeah. You buy a rental property, and they, they say it cash flows five hundred dollars a month. Yeah. And you take that and you put it towards your your mortgage on your primary for the. So there there are other legitimate ways that you can expose yourself to real estate. Have somebody else help you pay your mortgage. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, so as opposed to using some guy with a Australian you know, accent, mate, mate, who's selling a three thousand, four thousand yeah. dollar one time setup fee. <laughs> like, you should see your face when you do that. By the way, oh, I, I probably don't want to see it. It's probably like my 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 love making face. It's not good. It looks like I'm on the toilet. How many Irishmen does it take to? Oh no, <laughs> to screw in a light bulb. Oh, you're you're looking that up, aren't you? <sighs> You wouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> Luke, Paul, Peter. Let's try to clean this up a little bit. Okay. Luke, Paul, and Peter walk into a bar. Sinners! <laughs> Is that better? Okay. Um, that's my Christian joke. <laughs> I don't have many. Okay, of them. I'm not allowed to finish my joke. Um, let's talk about interest rates. Or let's talk about right. um, what do you want to talk about that will make your phone ring as a mortgage lender. Do you have any mortgage accelerator programs? Uh, mortgage accelerator program that can offer you to pay your loan off. In you know what's interesting about that is I showed you the video of the monkey you oh, on Instagram. Gosh. We are very simply animals. We are very simple animals. And we know better than all of these scams, but you throw an Australian accent on it and suddenly it works. It's like Crocodile Dundee wasn't that funny. Mick Dundee. But you throw an Australian accent and throw a shrimp on the Barbie and have a big knife. That's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> Your face is, is hilarious when you do that, by the way. Okay. Anything you want to push? Um, we got two minutes. Well, you know, the, the, the way that the business is, is going right now, I'm talking about real estate, is all about products and availability. And yeah. Both of those you know, avenues are opening up um, over the last couple of years. And so I feel pretty confident about the ability of people getting mortgages right now because of the way the lenders are embracing the, the kind of atmosphere that's going on right now or environment okay so i mean with low down payment products are available um even in jumbo loans do you want to hear kind of interesting i just figured this out the financial industry i'm not allowed to have joe montana work for new focus and say hey everyone it's joe montana do you want to use the best financial planners ever go to new focus financial because it's a celebrity our government's smart enough to say we don't want celebrities endorsing expensive products kind of thing. Or, yeah, you, there's reverse mortgages that are being promoted by celebrities. William Bruford is not a celebrity, but William Br- Brimley. Anyway, it's Tony Mendez. He is a celebrity, sort of pseudo-celebrity. He's a B-rated actor movie. You can find him online in the next Avengers movie at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.